Saturday night, blueberry cigarillos Swishers make my throat hurt Rolling up CPs in the side for me Light them up and let them both burn Family feud, saying mom's confused Hello everybody, this is your co-host Spooky And thank you for joining us today on our seventh episode of You Know Better uh, Let me pass it to my guys, go ahead Hammer Hey guys, um, sorry I'm in Oklahoma right now So you might feel the disappointment in the air Disappointed. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> All right, <laughs> DC. Uh, hi, everyone. I thought you should know that the very first McDonald's and very first Taco Bell both started in the same city. Are they from the same owner or, or what? No, I believe they're from different owners. Just happen to be in the same city in California. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so today we have a... We're trying something new today. Hopefully y'all like it, but um, we're going to start with the first half of the show with current topics. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about video games. After that, we're going to talk about kind of like life relative relativeness of expectations for us. And then we're going to review that album from Charlie XCXC. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. Um, the second half, we're going to go to our usual wacky um our wacky segments, overrated by Hammer, conspiracy from me, and story time from DC. Uh, so let's get the show started. Um, so the question I was I saw on social media was from the Sony um, former Sony CEO boss or president, and he was saying that the the current video game model is not gonna just gonna go to a, a market crash in the future due to the fact that. Video games production is costing way more money for, uh, for, for companies, and the price of video games hasn't changed since the early 2000s when it was $60 since then, and the price of it has changed, and, but the video game sc uh, scope and scale has increased in, by a dramatic point. Um, for example, The Last of Us 2, they made that game 10 hours longer compared to the first one, but those 10 extra hours... Uh, the development time was uh, twice as long. So that doesn't make any sense because the first one took them about two and a half, three years to make. The second one took them about six years to make the new one. Um, they started working on it in 2014. It didn't get released till last week or two weeks ago, I believe. But I, before I, I voice my opinion, go ahead, DC. Well, I, you mentioned that the cost hasn't changed since the early 2000s, but I think I remember PS2 games being $50. And then 360 is when it went up to 60 Do you Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I wasn't buying the games, so you could be right. My, my parents were okay. buying me the games. <laughs> no, me too. That's And I'm not sure about like PlayStation 1 because we were too young to be buying those. But So they did go up $10. And I'm not sure what kind of difference that had, but anyone that's played the PS2 and the 360 knows there's a dramatic difference in the graphic, graphical power and pretty much everything. So I understood the price hike back then. And like you said, there's games are getting bigger, more complex, more intricate, and that means more time and more money to make. So they have to pass that cost to us or they can't make the games. They'd have to make them smaller and simpler again. Uh, so I really don't mind the price hike. I, I almost never buy games full price anyway. Um, how, much, how much realistically do you think they should go up to? 
I mean, it's not like we have the data to back up the price point, but what, what, well, as a consumer, what would you feel comfortable with? That's interesting because from the PS2 to the 360 was $10, and I don't know how much that actually helped. I, don't, I didn't look into that data, but apparently it wasn't that bad because it was 60 for the 360 and the Xbox One generations. So I guess another $10 hike to $70 for a brand new game. I don't think that's unreasonable, but I mean, it's kind of a slippery slope is just keep going up $10 and $10. You're going to start paying a hundred dollars for brand new games. And as systems transition away from physical copies to digital, you're going to lose the ability to get a better deal because the only place you get the game is from the um, developer. And then, you know, maybe they can lower the cost because you don't have to go through publishing and you don't have to go through distribution. So it's coming directly to you, but on the other hand, there's no secondhand copies. So that's going to have an impact as well. So there's just a lot going on there. And that's just for AAA. You know, there's a lot of games out there that come out that are indie games that are only 20 bucks or 30. So I don't know if, Triple A games keep escalating in cost, then they're gonna have to gonna have to charge more. Before before I let you go, Hammer, let me let me chime in real quick. Um, no, I agree with you. It's just uh, I think I remember reading something on Game Informer that they were you know debating if they should increase the games to eighty dollars, but I don't know if that's gonna matter at all because The Last of Us Two. I'm using this as an example. Um, it's a sixty dollar game. And if you're a casual gamer, you'll finish it in 20 hours. If you're a perfectionist, it'll be about 40 hours. But after that, there's no new game plus mode that I'm aware of. And there's no multiplayers like the original had. And, you know, that's been kind of the trend for a lot of these games in our gen- in this current generation before we go to the new generation that they either do all online, like what they did with Titanfall and, you know, all these, like the, other call of duty games where they got rid of the the campaign and or they just do straight story focused games like spider-man or god of war or whatever um maybe that's due to the production costs and they're just deciding what what will they rather focus on to make this game better but i think we might see an increase here shortly but maybe maybe they just do full digital and then just take out the middleman out and, you know, just let those Best Buy, GameStop targets kind of suffer from the video game industry for a little bit. But I don't know. Hammer, you have any words on this? Yeah, I really like that point. You're saving a ton of money off of commerce and not distributing all the copies. Um, definitely one thing they should not do is shorten the games. I feel like every gamer is in agreement there. Um, but, yeah, pretty much DC nailed it right on the head. Um, I don't really have too much to add because y'all two are the more video game experts than me. Well, the issue though, well, talking about the shortening games is take a game like Grand Theft Auto five that we've talked about before. That game is so big that it's too big in my opinion. So you could cut costs there by making it a smaller world. So, I'm not sure how popular that opinion is that some of these open world games should be smaller, but I think they're just getting bigger and bigger, which is again, going to inflate cost. So 
I don't know. There's, it's just so complicated. I, when I was reading through those uh, Twitter comments, people were saying like, you know, as an adult, um, when you're playing those big games, um, you know, they don't mind shorter games, say for 15, like a 15 hour campaign and keep the price the same because realistically, how many of us has time to play Persona 5, 140 hours of gameplay, unless that's the only game you want to play for the rest of the year. And it'll take you about six months to finish if you, you know, you work a normal job, you have a girlfriend, you got other life responsibilities, and all you have is about two or three hours a week to play video games. Um, and, you know, before the before we got quarantined, before COVID happened, you know, I, I bought the game in February, but I really didn't dive in the game until the quarantine happened. And all I had to do was just all I had for entertainment was just video games or TV. And, you know, that is kind of a true statement, because before that, I wasn't really playing online games with y'all. I wasn't um, playing any other video games that much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do y'all think about that? Um, yeah, I, I think that it, it just kind of goes to my point that sometimes it's too long. Like I don't even want to start Grand Theft Auto five cause it's so big that it, it's almost overwhelming. So yeah, you know, I don't have the time I did when I was 14 to play video games six hours a day. So yeah, I, I'm going to prefer things that I can, you know, get in and play it, beat it 10 or 15 hours and then move on. So I don't think smaller is necessarily worse. No, um, it just depends how they do it. Um, like if there's extra stuff to it or I don't know. It just really depends on the genre of the game. Um, if it's RTS, obviously that game's going to be multiple hours. Multiplayer, it, there's no story to it. So you could just, you know, play it unlimited. But if we're strictly talking about like first player games where people want that first player experience. Um, I say 20 to 25 hours is, is decent enough to get the story across and then come up with DLC as the year goes on. But yeah. I mean, I'd be, I just beat resident evil two and it only took me like seven and a half hours, but for both campaigns or just one. No, just one. I think total it's probably going to take, right about 14 or 15 at the pace I'm at. And I, I paid, well, I didn't actually pay for it, but I know that the person I got it for me paid like 40 or 50 bucks. So is that worth it? You know, I, I think it was, it doesn't really hit our, you know, $1 per hour ratio, but I think if the experience is good enough, then you can kind of ignore the cost per hour thing. Yeah, I think if the game is has a great experience, you, you can ignore the price. But I play plenty of other video games for full sixty dollars, and I just kind of felt like I was, you know, I was like, "What the hell? This is what I pay for? <laughs> this is it? There's nothing else that's like I don't want to do." Like you could do the trophies task and stuff, but only only if you have a lot of friends on on your system. Is that the only time when you want to flex on those trophies? Right. I agree. Some $60 does not necessarily mean it's going to be a good complete game, but every now and then I think it's worth it. What about you, Hammer? You've been pretty quiet the entire time. I don't know you're not ex- an, an expert, but since yeah, you're a casual just, gamer, which, what do you like to play? I was just thinking, um, all the sports games, they need to charge less than what they're charging because the game doesn't change at all. It's like 2K, 
Madden. Like all, all you need to do is release the new rosters and everyone would be happy. You know, that's, that's funny you say that because every year they promote the new game and they just add more sweat and they're like, oh, look how good the graphics look. And then when you actually play the game, like it's the same damn gameplay. And even on top of that, they add even more microtransactions to everything. Um, I don't like those games. I think if they did, had a three-year development, they'd probably make a better game and, you know, you know, like come out every three years with a new assist, like a new, I guess, new, for, uh, fresher ideas for those sports games. Yeah. I mean, it's good conceptually. And I've seen people mention it like, why don't you have Madden 20 come out? And then instead of Madden 21, you release like a $20 roster update. So you get all the new players and, and you use the same mechanics, but the same players and stuff. Um, but the problem with that is that EA would lose a ton of money and enough people buy it. So, you know, it's a good idea, but I don't think it'll ever happen. And EA is selfish too. Very greedy. Yeah. And what we do need is a new NBA street game. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see on that. But any last words on this? Y'all think y'all sh- we should have shorter games or do you think, are you okay with a price increase? Or is it just based on, based on case by case? It's too hard to generalize. I think sometimes you can make a game smaller, but you're going to have to increase costs because everything's getting more expensive. So I guess it's okay. I'm yeah, I'd, go, I'd go more with the price increase. I'm indifferent once, you know, life is back to normal in a few years when I'm like not don't have enough time to play video, these big video games. I don't think it's going to bother me that much because eventually I'll be playing all the old games that I miss and those will all be discounted unless it's Nintendo because those fuckers never uh, discount their games. <laughs> it's true. I don't know what it is about Nintendo, but their IP never goes down. Yeah, a five-year-old game is still $60, but it's whatever. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, so this question, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about it because with um, at work, let me give you a, big, a background story why I wanted to ask this question. So at work, I have a manager. He's um, a Caucasian male. Um, he's a very smart man. He's my manager. He's... Uh, he has all these uh, certificates, degrees in his resume. He actually has the same bachelor's degree as I do, industrial engineering and management. So maybe that's kind of helped me a little on the on the job interview since he was part of it. Um, but, you know, recently, before when I first got there, he was always in a suit and tie. He was always dressed really nice. He was, you know, he's a very charming man. So he's like, he knows how to do his job really well. And then like whenever we need to, do like meetings he knows how to persuade people to get to his point of view um he's probably in his 50s he said he's close to retirement age i'm not sure what retirement age is nowadays and some people retire early but um he he seems kind of miserable with life right now and i think the reason for that is he he didn't get the position that he wanted within the company and there's somebody else that started around the same time as him 30 years ago and she moved up to the point where she's a um i guess like the president of this whole new division when the our company merged with this other company 
and he started wearing jeans and just polo. He's, you know, like not very presentable to the, the position that he shows. Um, so maybe, maybe he's miserable because I think the rumor is that he's got screwed over from the company. He just doesn't care anymore. And everybody knows he doesn't like the, our lady boss at all. He's always talking crap about her, calling her that blonde woman uh, and such. <laughs> but um, maybe, maybe when I, when I put my perspective on life, um, you know, first-generation Ameri- Mexican-American, my expectations for me were get to college and get a good career so I won't be working, you know, at a, so I won't have to be working too hard or, or just have a good, you know, financial stability. And once I completed that, I was like, well, what's, what's now with my life? Cause like for the longest time I was kind of told that as a kid and now I'm just kind of in limbo, but I don't, do y'all understand the question I'm trying to ask? Is life relative to the person born in a certain certain circumstances? Go ahead, Hammer. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Culture has a lot to do with how you view the world. Um, pretty much every culture is something different. Um, mine, I pretty much had no choice. Um, other, I, I had to go to college. Um, I never really thought about not going to college. And then pretty much was made it like seem like I was supposed to get married like right after college and then have a family right after. Um, definitely not doing that. Um, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I could see where if you work your whole life up to one point and then you get to that point, you're just like, what do I do now? Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. I, yeah, I agree too. My, uh, my experience growing up was different from either of you guys as well. Um, we were extremely poor. My parents were both teenage parents. Um, so I got kind of into that mindset and I never tried in school, had uh, straight C's, didn't know if I was doing college, didn't know anything. My parents didn't help me decide anything. They didn't really care, I guess. Um, but I'm graduating actually Sunday. So that's whoop exciting. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I, it's just different for everybody. And I, my expectation for my life, I, I never really had one. So I guess I'm just trying to figure it out. So I would definitely say it differs person to person. And I think your upbringing has a lot to do with it and certain circumstances you can't control. But I do think that, you know, people can do more than they might expect. It's a lot of it, though, is just happenstance. Some of it's out of your control. I agree. And I think that's why when I look at my manager, he should be happy that he's a, he's the manager of a, like a team of 20 people regional wise. But I think he felt like, um, I don't know, maybe the expectations from his parents were set or the household he lives in. Cause I know his daughter is going to medical school to become a, a surgeon. So I think the expectations is there, but you know, it's like my other coworker, same man, you know, it's just a uh, uh, similar age as our manager. And he's like, I don't know why he's upset with his career. He's, he's a higher position than I am. We're both the same age, but I think it just comes down to what do you expect from your, 
career or your life or where you're at a certain age where you want to be at with your life. But I think if, if you go ahead. if you had to guess, what what do you think his salary is? It's definitely easily over six figures. So probably like one twenty. <laughs> and that's that's a lot of money, man. Uh, most most Americans don't even get to that point. Man, imagine a job, one hundred twenty thousand a year. You've got a family. Your daughter's going to medical school to be a surgeon, and you're disappointed with your life. That's what I'm saying. I think it just really depends on the person they're born into, a certain circumstances. But like, I don't know. I just. It's really based case by it's like a case by case. And I kind of had an experience when I was younger. Um, Y'all know I got really sick back when I was in fourth grade. Um, Before that, I was in like every sport. I was pretty much had my mind on I was going to play baseball all the way up. I was in like the, the top leagues and everything. And then I got sick and I couldn't do it anymore. And I kind of hit it earlier than a lot of people I'm like what do I do now because what I had planned on doing my entire childhood I was not able to so it kind of hit me pretty hard um, early high school whenever I had to quit completely yeah I think we all hit that realization in high school that sports isn't for us because I had the same thing when I was right in the bench in sophomore year (laughs) (laughs) happens to everyone yeah I mean, we still play on the side, but it's just, I think, I think, I don't know. Just when I look at him and then I look at the other manager, the other manager is about to retire and he's, he's having the best time of his life. They're both similar position, but I guess I, some people have higher standards for their lives, but it's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, life doesn't pl- get, go as, as, as you plan it, you know? And yeah, you say he did get the position. Would everything just be, would he be the happiest guy ever? Or would he just want more, you know? <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I do know that my, the boss lady, she definitely went up there pretty high and she's working like 24 um, seven. Those are the jokes that are made in the office. Cause she'd be sending emails out at like a 2 AM and such. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to work to that point because I think the the amount of payment pay that I'm getting it's not going to equate to the amount of work that I'm putting in. You know what I mean? Work life balance the most important part of any job. And they always, they always preach that. So and they they always use her as an example. Of it. They're like, "Don't work like you know so and so." I'm like, "No, I don't, I don't want to be working that late." <laughs> they, y'all don't pay me enough to deal with y'all's problems. Right. Any last words on this? Uh, I guess just depends on the person's life and what their expectations are are set for them at a young age. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Right. All right. So we're going to move on to our review. Um, So let me pull up the album real quick. It's How I'm Feeling Now by Charlie XCXC. The reason why I chose this album (laughs) is because... I don't know if y'all have Spotify, but they give me a daily playlist based on my musical taste. And sometimes I listen to it and they give me some of the weirdest music. Um, for some reason, uh, <laughs> one of my rap playlists, they put a song called Hentai. 
and it's just so stupid because they put all the freaking popular anime girls on that song and i'm like this, what is this shit so in my other um i guess experimental playlist um there was a song from her claws which is on the album I was like, all right this isn't bad and you know my fbi agent listening to me he started giving me all these ads on on her, <laughs> on her, her album and such so that's why I was like, all right, I read the ad or the, the reviews. I'm like, all right, it looks like it's a decent album. But um, I don't know. All I all I have to say about the album is the first half, I like the first half of the album. Second half, it kind of falls off and it just sounds repetitive towards the end. I don't know. What do y'all think about the lyrics, the production, the musical direction? Um, Doctor said it was revolutionary, but to me, it kind of sounds like another electronic experimental album i totally agree um i like how you add a c another c at the end of her name <laughs> what is her name then charlie xcx <laughs> oh <laughs> my bad <laughs> <laughs> apologize to charlie if she's listening but i you would think i would like that album because i'm more into the techno but i just feel like it was grating on my ears. <laughs> I, the song I couldn't stand the most is probably the most popular one. It was anthems. I just, I could not stand that song at all. That's like in the like second half. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> the second half was kind of weak on the album. Um, spooky. What you said was I had actually taken a couple notes on this and that was the very first thing I put was the first half was stronger than the second half. Um, I I hated the first song, by the way, uh, oh, Pink yeah. Diamond. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I I almost just turned it off and was like, "Okay, no reviewing this album." But <laughs> I got through it, and it, it, to me, that first song was nothing like the rest of the album at all. I like the second and third song, uh, "Forever" and "Claws." Or, yeah, but it's just like, I don't know, like from like song six to the 11, it's just like, what? It's just by the ear test, because usually the first time when you listen to something, you don't really listen to the lyrics. You just listen to the, you know, just like how the sound sounds. And sure. the first half, it sounds pleasant. And the second half, it's just like what Hammer said. It's just like, it's just a lot of distorted sounds. And I was like, what is this? Like, so this isn't revolutionary. It's like I heard other albums with distorted sounds as well done better. It was like a combination of early days Skrillex and then T Pain. Yes. <laughs> a lot of auto tune. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think she's a pretty decent singer. I don't her voice is processed for everything, and I'm not sure why. Seems like the trend right now, because I know the weekend's new album, he used a lot of auto tune as well. I guess maybe it is the trend, but I don't get it if you're a talented singer. You know, T-Pain was a talented singer, but, you know, he was pretty smart to do auto-tune because now everybody remembers him as the guy that was auto-tuned from the start. I guess, well, you know, Post Malone does auto-tune. Like, a lot of the the pop singers do that. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's just a thing that they do. We're going back to the early 2010s. Did, am I the only one that likes clean vocals? No, I mean, I like clean vocals, but I mean, there's the argument that people say that modern singers are 
they don't really know how to sing. Like the pop singers or R&B singers, they just mostly sound like they're whining instead of like actually hitting notes. I, I never took music theory, but um, I, I, I guess that's the argument on that. Like on the weekend in Freak Ocean, they, that they can't sing compared to the 90s singers. But it's just music, man. Music is not going to sound the same. Yeah, I don't know. Just, well, going back a little bit here, I, I looked into the album a little bit because like you said, some people were saying like revolutionary and it was getting so much love everywhere I looked. I saw someone else reviewed it, gave it an 8 out of 10. I've seen people commenting that this is the album of the year or best album in years. And I did really like the second song, Forever, even though I think it was kind of generic um, like a pop song about love. We don't have any of those, but it was the only one that stood out to me. The rest of them, I just too processed. The Some of the beats were okay. Um, I, I just don't understand why this album is getting so much hype and love from everywhere I looked. I don't know either. I mean, it's just, I feel like I heard this album done better from previous artists, but I guess at the moment, they i don't know it's just it wasn't it wasn't that great to me it was decent if you're into this music and if you're into her music as well i never listened to anything before her the only other song that i know of her is on that one song with iggy Azalea. um fancy right yeah 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 <laughs> she's in that song um but i didn't think she, her music was um ex- electronic like this is but hammer do you have anything else you want to say yeah um well, I, I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> you distracted me talking about Fancy, and I started thinking about that song. <laughs> I I do want to say that we're kind of hating on the, the album pretty hard. I, for one, I really didn't think it was bad. I just, I, I think it was overhyped to me, maybe. If, I, I think it was a decent album with a standout track or two and some really bad tracks. But overall, it it was fine. I did see some of the background, and she did, like, um, she made this whole album in, like, six weeks during quarantine. So that makes it kind of impressive. Well, Kanye made six beats for, like, six summers in a row each day. So I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Are we going to talk about Kanye now? No, 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 no. That's that's a huge conversation. I, I could have a solo podcast on just talking about Kanye if I wanted to. Uh, before, before we end our first half of the show, any last words on this? What would y'all rate it as? Because it wasn't that bad of an album, but I'll give it like a six. It was kind of mid to me. Yeah, I was going to go with a six. I'm a pretty harsh critic. Uh, I was feeling somewhere between a six and a six and a half. So we're all in agreement that it was, it was, eh, but uh, Doctor said it was pretty revolutionary what it's doing to his genre. I don't see how. Um, he said 12 out of 10. Okay, he didn't say that. <laughs> but he, um, I don't know, he doesn't have the, he doesn't listen to anything outside of metal, so maybe it was kind of revolutionary to his ears. Yeah, I don't, it's all stuff I've heard before. Yeah. Yeah. Next album, I'll let y'all choose um, something different. I guess I don't really care. I've it got can, one in mind. It could even be an old classic album. But 
All right, so we're all agreement six. So, all right, let's take this break real quick. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break right now to discuss uh, elections. Um, this year's election year, and since it's been a crazy 2020, um, I, we, as our part of a team of You Know Better, we encourage you to go vote um, just because you, as, as the audience, has the power to make the difference in this world. Um, make sure you keep up with your local, local votes, your state votes, and as well your national vote. Um, this year is going to be really important, and make sure you go out there. Uh, if you're from Texas, go to votetexas.gov, and it gives you a bunch of information. Check if you are registered, how to register, where's your polling place, based on the county you live at. Uh, it's a really good app or website to use. Um, just please go vote this year. Uh, you know, this does all this protesting and your social media and complaints about the president or whatever. It's not going to make a difference if you don't go vote and go make a difference for you and your family. All right. Now back to the show. Welcome, everybody, back. Um, we're going to start the second half of our show. Uh, so right now we're going to do our overrated. So I'll give the floor to Hammer. All right. So this one is are rallies of any sort overrated? So like pep rallies, political rallies, because does anyone actually get anything from those? Because at political rallies, the people going have already made up their mind. And are players for pep rallies really getting more hyped for the game? Is that all? Yep. Um, Political rallies are stupid to me just because it's everybody's there. Obviously, they're going to support the person they're talking um, unless it's Bernie, because Bernie started with like ten people, and next thing you know, he had like the, the whole youth generation on his palms. But <laughs> I guess <laughs> um, for sports rallies, um, the only time I ever seen that we done really well with sports rally was in eighth grade football. The first game we played of the season, our A team won by forty points. Um, DC probably was part of that game, and then after that, we fell off. <laughs> for for high school, our freshman team sucked ass. Like we lost every basically every game of the season. Uh we went to against Shepton, I believe the best team in, in our our city in Plano. Um was Plano. Those fuckers have money for trainers and stuff like that. Um they we had a pep rally against them. And you know everybody knew we sucked because we, we lost every game. Didn't have give us any chance and our A team won and skunked them. 13 nothing, and I guess pep rallies work in a way for sports, <laughs> but I don't know for political views. I would actually take the opposite stance, I think. Um, for me, being a part of sports teams all the way up, uh, well, I guess only 10th grade, but pep rallies never did anything for me. But I would say political rallies are helpful because – obviously the people that are going are going to vote for that person, but it, it gets you more enthusiastic and it makes you more excited for that candidate. And when you're excited, you're going to be more interested in talking about them and spreading their message. So it's not rallies aren't made to change your mind or convince you. It's made 
to make you more susceptible to spreading the message. And I think they succeed for the most part. Hammer? So, so whenever, so you're just saying they're going to be able to raise more funds and more exposure due to the rounds. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Cause that's how Bernie got really popular in 2016 when he came out of nowhere and then yeah. the, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that that's totally like Sanders, for example. Yeah, he started pulling at like 3% or something. But, you know, you get those people that are loyal to you, and then it's just a different energy. I've, I've never been to a rally, but I've seen them before. And you're with all these people that are thinking like you, and it's just a really almost like a, like a concert atmosphere where you're with people that like the same things as you, and it's just like you feel really good. And, yeah, it's going to spread. And that'll make you more interested in, yeah, like Hammer said, you'll donate more maybe. Um, maybe you'll go and tell all your friends about it. And it just kind of spreads that way. Or maybe you actually go and vote <laughs> for that candidate. Sanders fans. Right. Although a lot of his fans were probably too young. Maybe. Yeah. He's, what do uh, you think, Hammer? Uh, yeah, I, I still think they're a little bit overrated because the people that are going to donate are going to donate no matter what. Um, rally won't make them be like, oh, I'm going to donate more because of this. Um, but th that's my view. I just think all rallies are overrated because... You just hate crowds, man. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like concerts. You don't like... Um whatever else you say you don't like i forget because i chose to ignore it but it sounds like you don't like crowds i'm a hermit <laughs> you know the tarot cars yeah yeah you're the hermit definitely <laughs> <laughs> so the final decision is it is our rallies overrated yes or no um yeah, I'm indifferent about it. I mean, when I go to one, I'm like, well, at least for school, when those pep rallies we went, it was just fake school spirit. I'm like, this is corny. I've never <laughs> been to a political uh, prep pep rally. Um, it might be different. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go one right now, or now you have about 6,000 people there in an empty-ass stadium. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now... <laughs> It just um, I guess whenever cr large crowds are are able to do or whenever the CDC says it's okay to have large crowds, I'll probably go one in the future just so I can see the environment. Um, because I'm definitely am interested to see how Pep Rally is. Um, what about you, DC? I would say they are not overrated. Did y'all ever see that Eric Andre episode where he went to the 2016, um, uh, I think it was the primaries, I believe. Republican the Re National Convention. Yeah, he went for the DNC and the Republicans ones. Yeah, that's where he got the famous meme where he's like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> I have it's not on, seen that. Dude, watch it. It's on YouTube. It's um, it's pretty funny on the, the different types of crowds you have for for each party. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to link me that later. Yeah, when he went to the Republican one, um, <laughs> they they almost killed him just for for him trolling everybody in there. 
And I think they took away his credentials. And when he went try to do the Democratic one, they just they were just indifferent about him. They're like, "What are you doing, you creep?" <laughs> <laughs> so it's different crowds. So it's definitely interesting to see that on that point of view. But um, Hammer, uh, good one. That was a good. We just keep the audience keep learning about how you hate crowds. <laughs> I never um, leave my house. <laughs> well, you can't leave right now. <laughs> Even though I am in Oklahoma, but I'm still in a house by myself. So. Yeah, your your dog sitting. You had to. But, um, so it's conspiracy time. Uh, my conspiracy is kind of short, uh, but I actually have a suggestion on how we could handle this. So I don't know if you know about big pharma, um, the prison system, um, the U S government reliance on addictive drugs that are quote unquote legal. Uh, I believe they they give us these drugs that has opioids in it, um, kind of addicting, um, to Americans so that way we, they could cloud our judgment on life and stuff and keep us, keep us in a cloudy state. And on top of that, keep us, um, addicted for these drugs and such um you know there's rumors that vietnam was for the the heroin war so that we, we could get an import on that i don't know you could look into that see what people believe in that um to me i think they give us these drugs that are illegal as opposed to weed because weed has shown the medical benefits and stuff and you know there's not enough study to prove was negative on it yet because just because it's been banned forever i don't think there's proper studies on it i'm not saying it's a better substitution because you know anything too good for you can end up being bad for you but that's my conspiracy saying that the government give us these drugs so that we won't question the the fabric of our society and keep us in an addictive state and on top of that it's very expensive they control the market and you have a guy like martin scorelli who has the hiv market under him and he just spiked up like 600% and screwing everybody over who has HIV and AIDS. Um, my suggestion on how to fix this problem is just legalize all the drugs. <laughs> the, the reason for that, one, you, you be the supplier of, um, of, the, of the drug business, all the drugs. You won't have to be worrying about creating a wall in Mexico because you're afraid of the drugs coming in. Because to be honest with you, you can't stop drugs coming in. It's not like there's so many drugs around me. It's like, oh, you know what? I want to do this. It honestly comes down to the desire effect. So you're like, you know, I want to try this because I'm interested. The curiosity out of it. Um, if you do, if you legalize something, you know, make something the norm of life. I think that kind of takes away the curiosity of things. And on top of that, you're not going to stop some junkie from doing using like scraping fifty dollars out of their day and then just trying to use that to whatever get a, a re-up re-up their drugs or whatever and you know america is one of the biggest buyers so you'll definitely increase um the economy you could tax it you get even more money on that um and also everybody that's in jail for drug offenses you could all release them um definitely keep the you know lower the cost in prisons prison the prison system and such and you know anybody that's going to do drugs way more you know it's, it's like cocaine or whatever they're gonna die yeah but also porn is available to everybody that's really addictive that could ruin relationships gambling is addicting that could ruin somebody's financial stability you know owe money to people that you don't want to owe money to um 
whatever alcohol is legal cigarettes is legal uh so might as well just put drugs legal for everything um you know obviously you know the negative consequences you could do all these advertisements and such but i honestly think it will help out the economy and america you know could still control it and you know you can still sell your opioid drugs and keep us in a cloudy state or whatever but i don't know that's my my conspiracy not so much of a conspiracy more like a suggestion well what so if if all drugs were legal um does that mean that you could would it be like age restricted yeah like the 21 and up you know how marijuana you still have to be 21 and up in those state legal places and same thing with alcohol and i think in some places cigarettes are doing or are becoming 21 and up as well and so are you also suggesting that if all drugs became legal that we would not see an increase in drug users oh you definitely will it's population control they could kill themselves off they know that if you're doing if you're shooting up meth you know the negative consequences on it but i mean you're going to die quicker with meth and as opposed to cigarettes you're going to die 20 years later from potential lung cancer or whatever so my thought on that is i live i don't know a minute away from a cvs i would not like it if i could go into cvs and buy heroin and meth at the CVS. That to me, no, that's just not a, I would not want people to have easy open access to these hard drugs. I think that's a really bad idea. Why is that? Just because of the potential consequences? Sure. Think about if people around you were legally just, they were shooting meth like every day or as much as they want. Sure, people are already doing that, but I think in an increase like the, this would lead to an increase. So imagine if, you know, more and more people start doing it, you're not going to help the economy. You're going to hurt it because everyone's going to be addicted to meth. Yeah. But I mean, there's also, let me think whenever you go for like a prescription drug, they put you a limit and they like, I guess they notify other pharmacies as well, or you need like a approval from your doctor. I maybe you could do some logistics like that, but I don't know. It just seems like they're just missing missing a lot of potential money on this. But why in the world would they prescribe meth? <laughs> <laughs> they make better athletes, man. See, see, this is what enterprise is looking for. They're they're just waiting for everyone to be mathed out, and then they're going to start their own faction. Oh, well, we're going to combine two conspiracies together. <laughs> yeah, because this is what they're looking for. Oh my gosh! But so is enterprise controlling big pharma? No, they're just preparing for the big pharma. <laughs> but oh but that's God. one thing we do need to change is the the pharma business. Just totally overhaul that. It just. It just blows my mind like an EpiPen costs multi-hundreds of dollars. Isn't that like for allergies? Yeah, like if you have a severe allergic reaction, you have to have an EpiPen. And they charge, I feel like it went up to like $700 at one point. You see, that's ridiculous to me. It's just, um, why why do they have to run the market like that? Well, and I saw a story, it was a little while ago now, but... This guy couldn't afford insulin 
for himself. So he had to buy like dog, uh, dog insulin just so he could survive. That's ridiculous. And that's in the United States. Um, but yeah, that, that's a whole different topic about we need healthcare reform horribly. Yeah. Or even the conversation that building a wall is for stopping, stopping drugs. Like I said, the, the desire effect is there. If you could convince students or, you know, the youth to not do drugs, then there won't be any drugs done. But so it's been like that for the last, since the seventies, you know? I want to talk about the wall next next episode as one of our topics. Oof, don't get me started on that. <laughs> we need I, we need doctor. Natty, I don't want to know what he has to say on that. <laughs> nah, but, just, spooky. Some, it sounds like you're very anti Reagan. And the war on drugs was racist, but that's a different conversation. Right. Yeah, I I think that is a whole different thing. The war on drugs, though that also needs a big overhaul, but legalizing everything, not the answer. <laughs> I was just throwing it out there. You might as well, <laughs> just might as well put all your chips on the table, balls deep, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll go for marijuana, but not, not meth and heroin and cocaine and all that. Yeah. Go to Miami. It's nothing but cocaine over there. <laughs> You're like doctor with his libertarian beliefs. Everything should be legal. That, that's such a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks the same way. <laughs> Yeah, man, he thinks government shouldn't exist. I don't know about anarchy. Uh, libertarianism and anarchy, what's the difference? It's like one step below, but not <laughs> not too much. <laughs> Basically. I mean, we should, if, if the government is going to be replaced, we might as well let the corporations handle everything. So these are the ones that are really dictating everything. That's what I mean, they what want. What would be the difference? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um Anything else on my conspiracy? So no, so no legalization of all drugs. No. no. <laughs> I will I say, <laughs> I will say, your conspiracy has opened up a lot of topics. I think we should talk about. Well, you future. better write them down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's move on. Uh, story time. Go ahead, DC. I was struggling a little bit to think of a good story, but. My wonderful girlfriend reminded me of the time my dick ended up on Facebook. Bro. So, <laughs> I, I think I'll talk about that. Oh, man. Um, so I would say all of us were probably 15, maybe. Hey, don't put me in this, bro. Okay. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I, that. <laughs> it was me and doctor were part of it. Okay. Um, so I think, anyway, I think we we're 15 or 16. And we used to go on the site Omegle. I think it still exists. I don't know. Um, but you could just message people anonymously. That's all it was, was you'd just be matched up with someone who was on the site and you'd talk. And that was it. And being the 15 and 16 year olds that we were, um, Pretty quickly, it became kind of like a, hey, let's, uh, let's swap pictures. And I'd say the, all three of us did it. I think Hammer less so. I, I never actually sent pictures. Okay. Well, Doctor did. But I, I was that. almost in a relationship. That was crazy. You are wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Hammer did almost get into a relationship over Omegle. Uh, that's a different. Right? <laughs> that's so stupid. Her and her sister. Her sister uh, was into me, but oh my god, that's a whole different story. We need to talk about that later. But um, I would, me and Doctor would swap pictures, and honestly, normally we would just go and like Google. Uh, dick pic and then just send it um, but for this one time I, I'd probably done it four or five times never had a problem um, and then this this one girl uh, she's like hey I want to get a picture right now and I was like okay and um, I sent her a fake one and she's like no I want a real one and I was like oh it's the first person ever called me out on that so I did. I I took a dick pic. <laughs> oh my and, gosh. <laughs> and I sent it. And after like a couple minutes, they messaged back and they were like, ha, uh, me and my girlfriend or me and my boyfriend or can't believe you did this. And then they found my Facebook. I don't really know how. And they like started messaging me there and then I just blocked them, blocked everything. And then I checked Facebook again and my dick pic was on my wall. And I was like, what the fuck do I do? So I freaked out. I called hammer and doctor and I like rode my bike as fast as I could over to doctor's house so we could like figure out what to do. And I deleted it, blocked it. I might have even deleted my Facebook account. Um, so I'm not really sure if anyone saw it because no one ever commented to me about it. But it was up for probably 30 minutes. So I'm sure someone saw it. Um, what, what grade was this? Freshman year, sophomore year? Yeah, I'm going to guess in there. I would, yeah, I would go either eighth or ninth grade. I have yeah. very limited Facebook access then, so I didn't see it. <laughs> well, it was there. Um, I learned, though, to never, ever, ever swap pictures with people you don't know. And I learned about catfishing. And I learned a lot of valuable lessons from What that. about people you do know, like your girlfriend? Do you, do you swap pics, or am I asking too much? Um. I think if it's people you know and trust, it's okay. 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 Well, even then, it's like you, you're still running a risk with that. Yes. If you take a picture, then you lose control over what happens next if you send out a picture. So just always be careful of what you do. You don't want to be a 16-year-old or 15-year-old with your dick on Facebook. <laughs> um, or Twitter I, now. Or Twitter or whatever. And I, I want to say they got my information somehow, like, because they knew my Facebook. I think they even said, like, I'm going to send these pictures to you at this address. Like, they had found everything about me. So another so, thing is, be, go so ahead. You, you were dealing with crackers. Not the, not the <laughs> racial term. The, <laughs> it's just uh, it's people that uh, manipulate data on a website or on someone's private information. Similar to hackers. I maybe people that were they definitely 
I'm not real sure what they were getting. I guess just the fact that they freaked me out. And I worried about it for a long time, too, because they had my information and they had that picture. So I don't know. I, thankfully, nothing else ever happened. But I did worry about it for a while. I was like, they've got that. What if someone, they send it to somebody? Um, so, yeah, I definitely learned to be careful on the internet. There were, yeah, I remember that call. Um, doctor called me. He's like, hey, we have a big issue. You need to get over here. And I remember just getting on my scooter, my Razor scooter, and going as fast as I could to doctor's house. Um, I, I only remember a few of those times where, like, we have an emergency. You need to get here. That was, that was an experience. <laughs> that was an experience. And... I was so embarrassed about it, but I mean, we all do stupid stuff when we're like 15. So I'm not really as embarrassed now, but I remember at the time I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> but that's too, that's too funny, yeah, man. that's that, uh, just be careful, be careful online and anything that you send can be used against you. <laughs> Or even your old tweets or whatever that could definitely be brought up, and you know, just anything That's you put on social media, man. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, we're right. seeing a bunch of streamers go down and YouTubers because of things they've done in the past. It's it's serious. Oh, I'm surprised. You know, you're really fortunate that no one saw your penis, man. Or even then, they probably <laughs> thought it wasn't even yours, and they're like, "Why the hell is there a random dick pic here?" Yeah, I probably thought it was spam. Yes, that's true. Thankfully, I was smart enough to not get my face or anything, so I I have plausible deniability. Um, (laughs) I can't even imagine if it was like my face and my whole body. Like that would just be even. I can't even imagine. You would have been fucked. Yes, but this one, I I yeah, I can deny it. So that's the good thing, I guess. You're very bold for telling that story, man. I, yeah. No one knows who I am, thankfully, on here, so it's okay. That's good. Except for the half our audience is from Germany, so they'll probably search you up right now. <laughs> How did? Well, anyway, um, that's my story. Yeah. Um, Hammer, you ready for next week? Since you have a story. Yeah, I need to think of one. <laughs> All right. If you don't have a story, how y'all like that pr- the proposal I made? Um, the rise and fall of blah, blah, blah. I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah, like, for example, it's like, you know, the rise of, you know, Grand Theft Auto 3 was cool, and then Grand Theft Auto 5 was milked, and that's just been the downfall ever since. Something like that. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't have to get too in-depth, but just something that you're very, like, you liked from whenever in your point of your life and then you just kind of saw like the like, all right this isn't as, as much as i like anymore yeah i like that a lot i think maybe we should alternate that in story time it's up to hammer if he has a story or not for next week uh i don't right now so let's let's do what you're proposing all right well think of something that you you really love and then next next thing you know you're just kind of like you still love it but it's just like eh, it's, it's whatever now let's do it could have been, could have been like the OSU thing, you know, from last week's episode. Was it really a rise, though? <laughs> <Yeah>. Just a fall. <laughs> Just blue balls. That. 
All right. If there's nothing else, guys, then we'll let y'all go. Thank you for joining us. Bye. 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 been listening to you know better or aka ykb thank you for listening and please stay tuned for the next episode bye